The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. It's Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday. Wherever you are right now, I want to thank you for chiming in and uh, listening to the program. Uh, Don't forget, get that Voice America uh, app on your phone. It is free. It is free. I know everyone loves that four-letter word. So do I. So it's free. So go out and, and get that uh, Voice American app so you can listen to me anywhere. In the bathroom, on work, at the cubicle. I always tell people, if you're at work, do, you work, do your job, right? Like, like Bill Belichick, do your job. But if you just happen to put your earpiece in and wanted to listen to the program, I will not get mad at you. Uh, also, don't feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. So let's get right into it. Now, you guys know about this whole scandal that's been taking place with Katina Powell and, and Louisville. And everyone's saying, well, did Rick Pitino really know what was going on? I'll say plausible deniability. That, that he did not know. And you got to think about it this way. There are certain coaches uh, from all sports that really don't want to know what's going on after those players leave that athletic complex. Now, here's what I think is preposterous. To try to hold coaches accountable for what support staff or even the players decide to do once they leave the sporting complex. Now, some people may say, well, well, well Nick, how, how's that even possible? You're supposed to vet these guys. You recruit these guys. You're vouching for these guys. But listen, we are, we're grown adults. You know, every man, every woman. We have our own vices, our things that we like to do when no one's looking. So to say that trying to hold Pertino or any coach accountable for that, I think is a little ridiculous. To, 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 be, to be honest and to be fair. Because, you know, like my son, when he goes to school, I send him off. And my job as a parent is to teach him these rules, these golden rules, as, as they would say when I was coming up. But now when he goes out there, the decisions are up to him. And some would say, well, he's young. I mean, he's a little immature. He can make mistakes. Not in my house. Not in my house. You can't. Because we're teaching you these rules. So you know right from wrong, just like these players knew right from wrong. Katina Powell, right from wrong. So just to put all the blame on Rick Bettino as though it was all his fault, to me makes no sense. Now, I'm hoping that 
he really didn't have anything to do with this and he wasn't knowledgeable of this. But it, it brings up a very interesting question. And I want you guys to chew on this for a bit. Now, let's just say he did not know. And there was money that exchanged hands. So where did the money come from? Could it have come from boosters? Because I know in some programs, they try to keep the players as far away from the boosters as possible. But you got to think about this now. Those boosters love their program. They, they're, they're alumnus. They're strong alumnus. And as long as people are talking about their program, it bodes well for them. The popularity, because that's there's a difference. Once again, we have to remember this. There's a difference between a team and a program. Patino has been part of so many programs, basketball programs. And you're a program when you're winning, not just one year, not two years, but we're talking consecutive years. You could do it back to back. It's, it's a level of consistency that's taking place with your, your team. So, so, so that's why sometimes those boosters may take it upon themselves to say, okay, we want to get the best of the best at this school. And sometimes that requires a little competition with other schools. You got to think, Bertino is competing with Calipari, who's at Kentucky, for these same top athletes. So, so what, what is it that your school is going to present over the opposition to make college students, ball players, want to come to your school. So sometimes that booster can go out on his own and maybe fund some backdoor activities. I'm not saying that that's the, the, the case of what's happening, but I'm just trying to give you guys the real of what happens and what takes place on some of these college campuses that no one is privy to. You never hear about, you know, all the time about a booster going too far. I mean, you talk about maybe assistant coaches. You hear about the players. You hear about the coach himself. But I remember growing up and, you know, everyone's talking about those uh, deals where you get the, the handshake and the envelope and there's money in it. You know, I, I've never experienced that, you know, in my collegiate years, but I've only heard stories about it. I'm not going to name names. That's not what I do. But I know plenty of guys who played in big time uh, top five programs or power five programs who, you know, they said that, hey, it, it, once upon a time, things like that happened. You know, even in the 80s when I was growing up watching sports, longing to be one of those players playing on national television. You know, there were things that were taking place at that particular time. So all I'm just saying, I'm just kind of trying to throw some things out there for people to think about when it comes to uh, this whole story about Louisville. But here's the thing that, that, that kind of confuses me. Because when I, when I look at this situation, and Katina Powell, you know, she's coming out, she's doing all these interviews, you know, these press junkets or whatever. Remember now, this, this woman wrote a book, right? She wrote a book and then she had almost like a ledger that, that documented, you know, times, uh, the different players, uh, the girls, even her own daughters. So it was, it was almost like she was a low-rent Heidi Fleiss or something like that. 
but but she she had documentation of of all these things so so can we consider t- for her to be in the clear because to me it's kind of like one of the extortion let's just call it what it is it's like it's extortion she probably wanted something from Andre McGee he, he's the assistant coach uh, that Rick Pitino trusted in so much to handle a lot of these uh, recruiting situations he's played for uh, Pitino she probably wanted something from him that he refused to give maybe financially and she said listen okay all right I got you because in one of her interviews she said she knew this was going to happen she almost like clairvoyance you know she she had the Jedi mind the ability to to foresee something before it was going to take place. Yes, her ability to exploit. I mean, it's bad enough she's exploiting her daughters, you know, and she's just kind of making herself look bad as a mom. But she was going to exploit the program and try to extort money from them. That's what it appears to me. And then now she just had this revelation that, you know what, I, I feel as though I've done enough bad. It's time for me to come out and talk about the people who have done wrong, not including or excluding herself, but talk about everyone else and everyone's dying to talk to her. But to me, she, she's just involved as anyone else. And there's a statute of limitations on, they say, uh, let's call them women of the night, where I think it's only one year. But uh, from my research, I heard, if money exchanged hands, then all of that is out the window. So there was something I was reading that said that she received $10,000. Now, I don't know if it was in increments or at you know, different times when they would have these little rendezvous. Uh, I guess from Andre McGee. So that would mean that she was involved. Here it is, you, you receive a cash dollar amount for services rendered or scheduling. And then she herself uh, is alleged that she was involved with a player and and a kind of adult act within itself. Uh, To me, I I just view it as an individual who has just, you know, wanted a little bit of limelight. She said it herself that she felt as though she was part of of the program helping bring the recruits there. It was almost like when they won, she won because – uh, she helped get that recruit to sign with that with that program, and and this is where I have a problem not with just with Katina Powell, but just anyone in this particular situation. When things are going well, no one's saying anything. It's just the moment when things are starting to go awry. Now everyone is coming out of the woodworks with their story, their side of it. It's like, where was your morals and ethics when you were doing wrong? But 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 now something didn't go your way. Now you want to come out. Now you want to have something to say. Really doesn't make any sense to me. And everyone's searching, okay, well, how do we fix the issues? How do we resolve the issues as far as uh, recruiting and violations and and, and all of those type of uh, things and things of that nature? It's, it's, It's always tough sometimes to manage and hope that individuals keep their morals and ethics in check. I'm not saying that it's impossible. It is possible. There are programs, there are coaches out there who effectively find 
great ways to recruit top athletes without any problems. I mean, when Jim Harbaugh was at Stanford, I didn't really hear any issues. I mean, not David Shaw took over. There's, there's not any issues. I mean, they're playing quality football, and, and it is an institution of higher learning that is one of the top schools out there. So there's all that rigmarole about, well, we can't get these athletes in the school because it's too tough, and, you know, the, the stipulations to keep athletes in our schools, it, it, it's wild, and we can't do it. They need to lower the expectations. I'm like, hey, Stanford's doing it. David Shaw is doing it. Other programs are doing it. And we're not hearing these type of scandalous stories or we just they haven't come to light just just yet. But we haven't heard them. We haven't heard them. So to me, I think it's all about going back to the drawing board and looking at proper ways to go about recruiting practices. That's moral. That's ethics. And and, and you got to start by teaching your guys that as well. And, And that's one of you know, one of my points, as a coach, you want to vet your guys. You want to do, say that you do, you've done your due diligence to kind of go and look at a guy's history, see what kind of coach he is, see what kind of person he is. But, hey, there's, there's an old cliche saying, and I think you guys have heard it before, uh, pressure bust pipes. And sometimes, you know, when the four walls are closing in, Individuals become desperate. Desperate people are dangerous because they have the capabilities of doing virtually anything. I'm just hoping that Bettino didn't know about this. Uh, Andre McGee, you know, bad, bad decision uh, to put the program in a situation of, of this, this caliber. And I feel for the kids, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying as though, hey, listen, we're going to give them a get-out-of-jail-free card and just dismiss things that they've done. No, you, 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 you are you're adults. You're 16. You're 18, 22. You're an adult. So I'm not going to dismiss that. But at the same time, these are parents. Their kids were told, they were told by the coaches, hey, listen, we're going to be the father, father figures for your kids and we're going to take them in and we're going to look after them. But to see something like this, this happen, I mean, it, it is, it's disgraceful. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's tasteless. But one would say this is the world that we live in. It doesn't have to be. It's all about making the right choices and the right decisions. And if, when, if and when you do, and you should do it all the time, you never have to worry about being in a situation like this, coach, player, support staff, there, there is no, everyone say, oh, who's the victim? Who's the victim? You know, hey, you got to be held accountable for your actions, period. Andre McGee, got to be held accountable. Katina Powell, got to be held accountable. Those young ladies who were involved, got to be held accountable. Those players who decided, yeah, you know, I'm going to indulge in, t- in these particular activities, you got to be held accountable, even if you did not go to the school. You can't indulge in those activities, go to another school, and then all of a sudden go, hey, you know what, I'm going to go Paul Revere and just say something. Why didn't you say anything at that particular point? That's what I always have a problem with, you know? Don't, don't wait to now there's a story 
when you're involved in it, tell. But the best way to keep yourself out of that situation is not to be involved at all. It is easy. Follow me. It is easy. Two letters, one word, very easy. Some find it very difficult to say, but it starts with capital N, capital O. And the word is no. No, you don't have to. Yeah, they can say, oh, man, you're not down. You're not cool. That's okay. But guess what? I'm not going to be part of any scandal. And that's what you have to know. So it's still a wild thing to know that uh, this situation is taking place. And and the one thing I I hope that they do, you got to bring, you know, her, Katina Powell, up on some form of charges. Because if you don't, then that's going to send a message to other individuals that you can go out and you can do this. That's the American way. You know, we're going to extort people. We're going to keep files. We're going to keep records. And then when, when they don't do what we want them to do, we're going to turn them in and we're going to turn it into a big story. And we're going we're gonna to write a book. And then we're going to be on, on all these talk shows. And, and we're going to look like the person that, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. We were victimized. No. Come on, America. Come on, Voice America listeners. That's not what we do. That's not our secondary perspective. Go out and do the right thing. That's what you do. You go out and you do the right thing. Coming up after the break, we're going to really dig into this because how does this affect both men and female sports? We're going to talk about that on the opposite side of the break. You're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, here on Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Before we went to the break, we are just kind of recapping the story of the Louisville scandal. Uh, I mean, everyone has kind of, you know, chimed in on it. But I had some extra time, and I just want to reflect on it just a little more before I move on. Now, 
I was talking about things you can do to kind of rectify situations as far as recruiting is concerned. I'm, I'm going to give you both sides. You know, I'm going to give you a moral approach, and then I'm going to give you the insane approach. So I'm going to give you the most outlandish first. So the first approach is, like I said, is the insane approach. Yes, it's insane. Who cares? I don't care. Who cares? It's insane. Book them. Yes, they did wrong. We got to throw the book at them. We have to do all these things to them. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, man. All right, whatever, man. But here it is. So here's the insane approach. It's like hire more support staff. And the job of this support staff would be to monitor the coaches and the kids. And you got to do more background checks, you know, almost like uh, FBI, CIA background checks on both the kids and the coaches. But then that's going to open you up to something else, invasion of privacy or privacy laws you're violating. So I can't do that. But like I said, this is the insane approach. Oh, how about this? Have coaches and players check in every couple of hours to announce their whereabouts. Now, I would like to see you try to get a 16 to 20-year-old kid to tell you his whereabouts all the time. He's going to say, look, if I wanted that, I would stay at home with mom and dad. But he forgot when the coach said into the parents' home, he said, listen, we're going to be the mom and dad and the authoritative figure away from home as though you wanted us to be. So maybe great for coaches, bad for the kids. Another insane approach, GPS trackers. Who wants to be tracked? I don't want people to know exactly where I am. This is not the minority report. All right, here's the last and final insane approach. Have an athletic administrator on post at the housing complex, especially on Friday and Saturday night. Well, good luck with that one. But I know a lot of uh, college programs uh, got away with having an all-athletic dorm, and some have gotten away with still having an all-athletic dorm by putting some of the equipment staff who are students in some of the dorm rooms. So uh, it's working for some schools. But here's one of the, more importantly, uh, the moral approach. How about more moral and ethical training for coaches and players and establish a, a, a leadership council, you know? And in order to be on this leadership council, you know, those players have to be vetted. What I mean by that, they have to demonstrate a high moral compass. They have to be trustworthy, right? Stand-up guys both on and off the field and academically, they're great guys. They're great role models for other guys uh, to, to follow. That, that academics should be one of the main criteria. How about having a weekly conference with the players? Or weekly communication that has nothing to do with athletics. More or less, how are you doing, you know, how are you doing in school? You know, uh, tell me how you, are you adjusting to you know, being in the big city opposed to being in a small town. What more can we do as an institution to help you move you ahead, not just in athletics, but academics and as a man, as a person, as a woman, as a female, as an athlete. 
I think they should do that. Also, how about stiffer consequences for individuals that violate recruiting bylaws? If you are a consistent violator of the rules, even if it's small infractions, then just like they do with your driver's license, after so many points on your driver's license, guess what? <laughs> you can't drive anymore. So maybe they should start doing that with some of these recruiting uh, violations. And more importantly, don't allow ethical violations or insubordinations to continue. The moment a player, support staff, steps out of bounds, you get on top of it. And if you get on top of it right away, you don't have to worry about having any of these issues. Because if you allow it to go along, they think, hey, you know, coach is not going to do anything. He just pulled me in the office. He just kind of reprimanded me, gave me a vote, some, 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 some a very aggressive, very spirited verbal commentary, and that was it. Don't do it anymore. No. Nip it in the bud, and you solve that, and you don't have to worry about it. But before I went to the break, I, I kind of teased something about how this incident with Louisville kind of can affect both men and female sports. Uh, there, there are those who are the frame of mind that, hey, listen, I'm glad I coach female sports. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about my girls going out and being involved with situations of this caliber. And that's great. You know, I'm all for enjoying the college experience, doing it the right way. But I'm going to tell you, you have 16 to 21-year-old kids on campus some for the first time, they've never been outside of their city or their town. Now they're away from mom and dad. And, you know, alcohol beverages are plentiful from the local bars, the, the taverns, the pubs, uh, whatever you want to call them. So when you look at that, they have an opportunity to kind of get out there and really express themselves for the first time. So there's a lot of things that happen on college campuses. And I know we're talking about this Louisville situation, but, you know, if, if we were to investigate some of these sororities, fraternities, we'll see there's a lot of wild things that happen on college campuses or, or across America. That, that's why that list comes out every year of which schools are the party schools and kids want to go to that school. That's why. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we got this incident with Louisville, and I, and I don't want to undermine it as though it's not a big deal. It is a big deal, but there's a lot of things that occur on college campuses, and I just wanted you guys to be, uh, you know, aware of it. I mean, not saying that the girls would do things just outlandish as this report about Louisville, but just, just check. There's some things that happen on college campuses that never see the light of the day, but that, that might even be familiar or similar to this uh, whole, whole, whole scandal, but I just want you guys to keep that in mind as we move forward with this situation. So uh, enough of that, I'm gonna get off of that. But NFL season, yes, yes, still upon us. Exciting season uh, as well. Four undefeated teams remain, and, and, and everyone's trying to figure out of these teams, which teams are gonna remain Undefeated. Wow, that, that's, I'm glad you asked. Well, you know, when I look at Cincinnati, and I have to say, Cincinnati has definitely been a shock uh, this season. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, Jer Jeremy Hill, 
uh, Andy Dalton, uh, A.J. Green, Marvin Jones. I mean, th- this is a team that for so many years have been on a cusp. We, we know what they have defensively. Carlos Dunlap, Michael Johnson. So we, we know what they can do defensively, and they've always been tough. They have four former first-round draft choices in the secondary. The only problem was at the quarterback position. Andy Dalton is doing a great job this year playing lights out. And what did it for me was when he came back at home against a great Seattle defense. And, and that showed me, okay, well, Andy Dalton and his Bengals team may be turning the corner. We can't write the book on them just yet because guess what? Still the playoffs. We still have the playoffs remaining to see. And this is the same Cincinnati team that beat Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos last year on Monday Night Football. So uh, this season, still young season, so they're going to call it a young season. The Cincinnati Bengals play the Denver Broncos, I think, towards the end of the season. So what we'll have to see at that particular point Will the Broncos still be undefeated? Will the Bengals still be undefeated? And will coaches possibly start to plan to sit some of their guys in hopes of making a push for the playoffs? That may be one of the reasons, well, maybe one of the undefeated teams lose the game. Because the Carolina Panthers, they're undefeated. They're riding high. Cam Newton, wow. He's been sensational. Say whatever you want to say about Cam Newton, but he, he's been sensational. But, you know, they, they have to play the Green Bay Packers, and that's going to be a tall task for them. But fortunately for them, they get the Packers at home instead of in Lambeau where Aaron Rodgers is great, hard count. Silent count, quick count. Taking advantage of your defense as they just kind of pause for a second and he throws the ball downfield. So that's going to be a pivotal game for the Carolina Panthers. And, and looking at their schedule, you know, it's Green Bay, Tennessee, Washington, Dallas, New Orleans, uh, Atlanta twice at the back end of the season, the Giants and Tampa Bay. They, that's the, after the Packers, I mean, they can run the table. When you really look at it, I know Dallas is thinking, well, Romo's going to come back. We got Dez Bryant, so maybe we, we have an opportunity to make a run. It may be a wash at that point. But all winnable games for the Carolina Panthers. Now, now looking at the New England Patriots, and once again, another sensational season. And, and you sit there and you wonder, how is it that Bill Belichick seemed to get it done every year, even – in years where there's controversy, they're not starting out great, they have injuries up front, their offensive line is beat up. I mean, they're trying to plug and play guys to find the right chemistry, but they seem to get it done. Always, always get it done. And being criticized, the Patriots are not having a league-leading running game and not being even a top five or the top ten. Bill Belichick said, so what? Who cares? All we need to do is go out there and execute at the end of the day. Oh, hogwash about that balance stuff in the NFL. We are throwing the ball more than we've ever thrown it before. They can't stop it. 
And, and, and it's like, well, who are you going to get the lineup on Gronkowski? Who? What, what, what guy? Whether you put a linebacker on him, too slow. Put a safety on him, too small. It's just like now, I am Gronk. Every time he gets the ball, you know he's getting the ball inside the red zone. And, and that's the craziest thing for me. You know when the Patriots get inside the red zone, who the ball is going to go to. It's going, either going to Gronk with the first, first option or Julian Elderman. So make sure you know where those guys are on the field. But the Patriots are playing sensational football right now, and it's great. It is great for the NFL after two troublesome years of off-the-field activities, a long, arduous summer of Deflategate, what's going to happen, and, you know, the league filed the appeal, and we have to wait and see if the appeal comes through and Tom Brady misses games towards the end of the season, that could derail possibly the New England Patriots going back to the Super Bowl. We don't know, but we will stay tuned to figure that out. But on November 29th, Sunday night football, game of the week, the Denver Broncos host the New England Patriots. And that game could be to determine the number one seed, number two seed, first round bye, or whether you're playing on wild card weekend. Because if the Broncos win that game, it sets up perfectly for that game when they face the Cincinnati Bengals at the end of the season. That, too, could be determined who gets the number one, two, number one or number two seed. I mean, this, this season, every year I say this, but, but, th- but this season – has been a spectacular season. I mean, outstanding. I'm fired up about it. To see which one of these unbeatens are going to get to the end. But here's the bigger question. Does it really matter if you go undefeated? I say no. Even if you were to lose a game, hey, okay, well, you're not going to uproot the 72 Dolphins, which I think that, that's probably going to stay for a couple of years. Sorry about that, Dad. Your Miami Dolphins are not going to do it. It's going to be someone else. But to be able to play for a championship and have one blemish, so what? long as you're there and then you win it, that's the only thing that matters. The idea of having a perfect season, that's great. That's great for fantasy owners. That's that's great for fans. But as a player, all you care about is winning that one game. And that one game that you want to win is the Super Bowl. Because we've seen it before. The Patriots have seen it before. To be undefeated. To play in the Super Bowl. And then to watch it slip through your fingers. Drop balls. The other team making pivotal catches at the right time to extend drives, to set up the offense for game-winning field goal or game-winning touchdown. And all of that work you did, all that hard work this offseason, OTAs, training camps, the heat, trying to stay healthy, playing hurt, playing injured, doesn't make, make a difference, does it? Because at the end, at the end of the day, no matter what the regular season said, no matter what that record was at that particular time, 
you did not handle business when you were supposed to. And you're just known as being the runner-ups in the Super Bowl. That's it. The other team won. They had two losses in the regular season. But guess what? They showed up and made the plays when they needed to, to beat you. So, is it really about being undefeated if you don't win it at the end? Absolutely not. We'll see what Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals look like in a couple of weeks. We'll see what the Denver Broncos look like in a couple of weeks. We'll see what the New England Patriots look like in a couple of weeks. We'll see what the Carolina Panthers look like in a couple of weeks. Because at some point, someone's going to lose. We're not going to have four teams, especially in the AFC. We're not going to have four teams undefeated, three teams undefeated, one team in the NFC. We're not going to have it. The football gods are not going to have it. Someone has to lose. And most likely, maybe that team that drops a game, they may be inspired. That might be the one thing that inspires them to continue forward. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Coming up after the break, who's out? Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. You're listening. 
listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, and we are back. I want to talk about something that's uh, <laughs> rather interesting. Sometimes people love to throw rocks, as I call them, from outside of the fence. And sometimes during a football season, you're going to face adversity. And you always want to know that your team, your quarterback, your organization can bounce back and handle adversity. Some organizations cannot. Others do a better job of handling adversity than some others. But in a professional sport, criticism is part of it. All of it is not justified, but it's part of it. And let's talk about the quarterback position for for one. These are the guys that at the Super Bowl, or after the Super Bowl, when the Disney commercial, you see it after the Super Bowl, there's confetti dropping, you know, you see the Lombardi Trophy, has fingerprints all on it, and guys kissed it, and they're the guys doing the commercial. Hey, Joe Montana, you just won the Super Bowl. Where are you going? I'm going to Disney World. The quarterbacks are doing those commercials. Seldom do you see, you know, an all-pro uh, safety or linebacker, or running back that made that impact play to help put that team in a position to win that Super Bowl. Nope. It's the quarterback. It's the same guy who dates the prom queen. It's a quarterback-driven league, right? That's what they tell us. Elite quarterbacks are what's needed to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, since everything is built so much around the quarterback, they get all the praise, right? Should they get their fair share of the criticism? That's, that's fair, right? Wrong. It's not always fair. Fair, but not equal. So let's talk about those quarterbacks. Let's start out a little out west. NFC West, that is. Colin Kaepernick, bench. For Blaine Gabbard. If my memory serves me correctly, it wasn't this the same guy who some draft analyst said that he was more NFL ready than Cam Newton? That's a 7-0 Cam Newton. Hmm. I wonder who got that one right. Well, no Nostradamus award there. But Jim Tomasulo said that he was benching Colin Kaepernick because he wanted him to take a back seat, get some fresh air. Don't sit me on the bench to get some fresh air. Let's go, go outside in Santa Clara and suck up all that air out there. I don't, I don't need to be placed behind Blaine Gabbard to get some fresh air, to gain some perspective. Everyone wants to blame Colin Kaepernick. I see it all the time. But it... it is it all his fault? No. Should he shelter some of the blame? Absolutely. 
He was the same guy that said, well, you know, you know my, my mechanics, I'm not worried about my mechanics. Guess what? If you are a quarterback in the NFL and they're paying you a hefty sum, your mechanics best to be on point. And it's the same guy who worked with other quarterbacks in the offseason to get right. Kurt Warner was one of those quarterbacks he worked with to get right, to elevate his game. You best believe your mechanics important. We've had on the show before Cree Morris, uh, who trains quarterbacks, and, and talking to him, the one thing he said to me, it's, it's what's happened below the waist. It's a lower extremity. Mechanics, Ka Kaepernick. Mechanics, once again. We know you're very athletic, sliding, moving in the pocket, standing up, being able to transfer your weight from that back foot to the front foot, pointing that foot in the direction of where you want to drive the ball, releasing with time and efficiency. It's not there, pull it down, run it. But it's not all his fault. He has flaws, yes he does, but the 49ers organization, they have flaws too. Even when Jim Harbaugh was there, you know, they had Crabtree. Michael Crabtree was there. They had Vernon Davis. They had a great defense. But still, on the offensive side of the ball, even with Anquan Bolden, they didn't have a lot of guys that could take the top off the defense. And that was something that plagued them. And it still plagued them. So you can't blame Colin Kaepernick for everything. I watched the, the, the game against Seattle. There, were, there, there was like on several drives he was running for his, for, for his life. But there was one drive where it appeared as though they snapped the ball and none of the guys blocked for him. It was, it was almost like watching. You know what it is? I got it. Oliver Stone had the movie Any Given Sunday. Remember Willie Beeman? His teammates didn't really like him. So the offensive line started blocking. That's what it appeared to be. It appeared as though they just kind of gave up. Oh, my bad block. When you, th those are those blocks, you know, lookout blocks, when a guy up front misses a block and he tells the quarterback, hey, look out, while he's on his back. So it's very difficult to perform as a quarterback. That's anyone, Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Peyton Manning, if you don't have adequate protection up front. That is very hard to do for any quarterback. So I'm just saying, hey, listen, he has his flaws. I don't know what type of guy he is in the locker room. But San Francisco woes are not entirely his fault. And I'll just leave it at that. Not even Black Monday. It hasn't even arrived yet. But we've seen several coaches get their walking papers. Joe Philbin was the first coach. Kind of set the trend in the NFL. And seldom is you see a head coach or a bevy of coaches get fired midseason. So he was the first. And then Detroit, before they went across the pond, it's like they were firing everyone. They were just trying to drop weight, hoping that somehow dumping these coaches would allow them to win some football games. But boy, were they wrong. And then the latest, Ken Wisenhunt was fired, released from his head coaching duties by the Tennessee Titans. 
that, that's that's very interesting. I think one and six. So you have to wonder. I think Mike Malarkey is going to take over that team. Does it make sense when you fire a head coach or more or less an offensive defensive coordinator midseason? Because now someone else has to come in and take over. And you have to wonder if that individual is, had play calling experience before. Because you can say, well, we already fired a guy who was in charge. Now we're bringing somebody up, elevating them. Can they get the job done as well? They were in the same building. Right now, are they going to make so much of a, a big difference as far as what happens with the team? I don't know. Pep Hamilton was fired as OC by the Indianapolis Colts. Is is he just a fall guy for what's happening in the personnel department, like what was happening with Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco? I don't know. Who's next? If you're going to fire the offensive coordinator, it's Chuck Pagano. The next to go is Jim Caldwell in Detroit. Next to go. Let's start looking at your personnel, the personnel decisions, the play calling. I mean, can, can we get some, some better play calling? Because I, I sit and I watch these games, you know, with my son. And, you know, you, you know, oh, the ball's going here. Oh, the ball's going there. And I'm like, if, I, if I'm sitting at home watching this, knowing as though I haven't watched any film on that particular team, not in that great detail, but I know where you're going with the ball. If the teams in the NFL are watching film and doing their due diligence, they know too. So something's, something's got to change. Something's got to give. But the knee-jerk reaction is to fire a head coach. Fire someone. You know, give the public, you know, what they need. You know, burn someone at the stake. Someone has to be the sacrificial lamb. Someone has to jump on that grenade and take one for the team. Why don't we just play better, coach better, teach better, implement a scheme that is representative of the players that we have on our team? Because so often coaches get so enamored with their scheme that they have for so many years that it's worked at this program, it's worked at that program, that, that they don't want to change. But you have to be able to change and adapt. If you take on running backs and wide receivers that are, are not used to playing in your system, adapt. Put some plays in play that, that kind of showcase their ability. And if that's not the case, well, then they'll go, go out and get players that don't fit your scheme. Doesn't make sense. Because when you start doing that, guess what? You're right at home, just like the rest of us. You're right on the unemployment line. So it's uh, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Trade deadline has come and gone. Never really any bold moves that take place in NFL. It's really quiet. Maybe one or two moves here and there. Not like NHL, the NBA, or MLB. But Vernon Davis to the Denver Broncos. I thought that was the most intriguing move that I saw as far as the trade is concerned. 
the Broncos, yeah, pretty much didn't really give up a whole lot for him. 31 years of age, they said that he is supposed to be on the decline because the idea is that when you're 30, you can't play anymore. Your skill set is dwindling away. I'm not a firm believer of that. But I'm looking to see how this dynamic works for the Denver Broncos. I know Peyton Manning is definitely happy because now he has another offensive threat. And everyone's always talking about Julius Thomas and, oh, well, that's the problem with the Broncos' offense, and that's why they're failing. No, it's an entirely different scheme. Players are having to adjust to a scheme that they're not familiar with. Vernon Davis now gives them a threat over the middle. He's not one of the best blockers in the NFL. All he needs you to do is be a position blocker. But I think Peyton Manning loves this acquisition because for me it's kind of reminiscent of when he, were, he was with the Indianapolis Colts and they had Dallas Clark at the tight end position. Someone who can press the seam to allow you those underneath routes. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this chemistry gels and how quickly Vernon Davis can get himself acclimated to the play calls and the system. And I'm sure uh, Gary Kubiak is going to put some specific packages in for Vernon Davis, the VD package to get it done. So it's going to be really intriguing. You know, another uh, great sports weekend is upon us. As always, enjoy it. Let's not take our sports figures, our family, for granted. Because when it's over, it's over. So enjoy what should be another sensational week and the world of sports, NBA, college football, and the NFL as it kicks off tonight, Cincinnati Bengals against Johnny Manziel and the Browns. That should be interesting. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective here on Voice America Sports. Don't forget to tweet me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25 this weekend as you're watching your favorite games. Stay in the loop. I want to hear your secondary perspective. Until next week, I'm gone. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.